Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how the way we see ourselves in the future makes it hard to save money, why the Pythagorean theorem may predate Pythagoras, and why some people are born with their organs reversed. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Saving money is hard. Saving money to use decades into the future is even harder. And one reason for that is that your brain sees your future self as a total stranger. See, like the ghosts in A Christmas Carol, there are at least three versions of you. Your past, your presence, and your future self. You do small favors for your future self all the time, like laying out your clothes and packing a lunch so that future you has a smooth morning. But we can also be unkind to our future selves by putting off bigger problems or decisions. When it comes to something super long-term, like saving for retirement, we struggle. And that's because that future self is so unknown that it's almost like saving for a stranger. And brain science backs this up. When we think about ourselves, an area in the brain called the medial prefrontal cortex lights up. But that region quiets down when we think about other people, especially folks we don't have much in common with. And when we think about our future selves, the medial prefrontal cortex stays dark, as if we're thinking about a total stranger. There are other reasons our brains don't like saving money, too. When deciding whether to spend or save, there are three neurological systems duking it out. The thinking system is in another part of the prefrontal cortex, and it plans out what you need to do to achieve your goal. But the other two systems in play team up to overrule logic. The habit-forming parts of your brain work on autopilot and sway you to do the thing you've always done. And the reward system goes for what's instantly gratifying, like that shiny new purchase. And on top of that cognitive tug-of-war, thinking about retirement forces you to think about aging and mortality and purpose. And yeah, existential stress can really make a dent in your willpower. So how do you fight it? Well, one approach is to connect with your future self. In a 2011 study, scientists asked a group of participants to make a hypothetical budget, including the option to save for retirement. Half the group saw an age-progressed photo of themselves before making their money moves, and they saved more than those who didn't see their older selves. The more you can picture what you're saving for, whether it's a new car, a nice vacation, or your golden years, the more you'll be able to keep your hands off your own cash. So, break out that Instagram filter and start putting some money away. Your future self will thank you. The Greeks get a lot of credit for their achievements in mathematics. But a clay tablet that's roughly the size of your phone is adding a twist to the story of one such method. I'm talking about the Pythagorean theorem. Or if you're me, the Pythagorean theorem. But either is acceptable. Cody and I have duped this out. I win. <laughs> There's so much audio you're not hearing from this episode. It's a lot. <laughs> so if you're a little hazy on the Pythagorean theorem, I'll refresh your memory. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. It's the formula that lets you find the length of any side of a triangle if you know the two other sides. As you might expect, you can't substitute A, B, and C for just any numbers. 
only certain sets of numbers satisfy the formula. Like 3, 4, and 5 work. 3 squared plus 4 squared equals 5 squared, or in other words, 9 plus 16 is 25. There are other ones too, like 5, 12, and 13. As you get higher and higher on the number line, you can find more and more of these number sets. In fact, there's an infinite number of them. Pythagoras knew about these special sets 2,500 years ago, which is why they're often called Pythagorean triples. But according to a 3,800-year-old clay tablet, the Babylonians were using triples a thousand years before Pythagoras and his contemporaries. That tablet is commonly called Plimpton 332, after the person who bought it. It was originally found in the Iraqi desert and eventually found its way to Columbia University, where it's been studied since the 1930s. It's written in cuneiform using Babylon's sexagesimal number system. That's a base of 60 instead of the base 10 we typically use nowadays. And amazingly, it has three indexed columns and 15 rows that show various examples of Pythagorean triples. Scientists have been debating whether the tablet was an example of ancient trig homework or whether it was somehow used in construction or measurement. The selection of triples are a clue that it might be more than just schoolwork. See, only Pythagorean triples that can be written as a finite value in sexagesimal appear on the tablet. By combining this artifact with a similarly dated one from the Istanbul Archaeological Museum, Historians have found another possible explanation for the tablet, land surveying. The second tablet was used to distribute plots of land, and it contained several Pythagorean triples that were used to fairly divide that land. This suggests that the first tablet might have been used for a similar purpose. Either way, these unique triples have been with us for way longer than we thought. How's that for a trig lesson? It's actually more of a history lesson. <laughs> I mean, we learned what Pythagorean triples were. I think that's a, that's a trig lesson right there. Well, it's certainly not a vocabulary lesson. Well, because I say Pythagorean, you say, I say Pythagorean, you say Pythagorean. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> let's, let's call it off right now. <laughs> People can be left or right-handed. And believe it or not, they can also be right-hearted. To learn more, we remastered this fun story from 2018 just for you. All right, Ashley, which side of your body is your heart on? The left, right? Usually. Oh. But that's actually not always the case. Today you'll learn why, because Curiosity wrote about a rare genetic disorder called situs inversus. It's a 1 in 10,000 condition that puts all of your organs on the opposite side of your body. Your heart leans towards the right instead of your left. Your liver is on the left instead of the right, and your spleen is where your liver should be. The thing is, your organs will probably work just fine. You might not even realize there's a problem unless you go searching for a heartbeat with a stethoscope and you can't pin down where it's supposed to be. People with this condition can live a perfectly healthy life. But there's one catch. If they end up needing an organ transplant, that organ might be facing the wrong way. Not fun. But here's a fun fact. Enrique Iglesias, Catherine O'Hara, and Donny Osmond all have situs inversus. In fact, Donny Osmond's doctor almost didn't diagnose him with appendicitis because he didn't expect the appendix to be on the left. All right, well, let's go over the main things we learned today. 
starting with the fact that saving for retirement is hard because your brain sees future you as a stranger. One study fixed that by showing people an age-progressed photo of themselves, which actually led them to save more for retirement than people who hadn't seen their older image. I do talk to my past self a lot, just like my yesterday self. I'd be like, wow, thanks, past Ashley, for doing this for me today. I don't know if that's a normal thing, but, you know, it's things like when I, like, put something we were out of on a grocery list so I was ready to buy it when I went to the grocery store or... When I made plans ahead of time to do a thing so that I didn't forget it. Like, you know, it's it's, uh, you know, nice little things I do for myself in the past. Now, I don't talk to my future self very much and maybe I should. Mm, there you go. And I'm very fortunate because my parents did a really great job of teaching me about kind of like how money works and stuff. And they impressed upon me at a very early age. The number one asset anyone has when it comes to saving money is time. The number one asset. Because time is what will grow your money exponentially. So the younger you are, the more you should be saving up because it's going to become worth a lot more later. Very likely. See, that's absolutely true. And that is a great lesson. And it is also the lesson that has made me anxious about saving money because it always feels like it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. I mean, I save money now, but like for a long time, I felt like it was too late to start saving money. And if you feel that way, listener, it's never too late. Never too late. The best time to do it is yesterday. But the second best time is right now. Boom. I love it. Well, we also learned that the Babylonians may have been using the Pythagorean theorem a thousand years before Pythagoras. That's according to a 3,800-year-old clay tablet etched with examples of Pythagorean triples, which are the sets of numbers that satisfy the Pythagorean formula. Researchers aren't sure what the tablet was used for, but the most likely explanation was for dividing land. Yeah. And by the way, this is the oldest evidence of the Pythagorean theorem, but it's not the only place it was used before Pythagoras. The theorem is also mentioned in the Badayana Sulba Sutra of India, which was written between 800 and 400 BCE. Shout out to our Indian listeners, and I hope none of you were shouting at your podcast app waiting for us to mention that. Anyway, Pythagoras actually visited Babylon and possibly India during his life, so it's very possible he got the idea from an earlier text. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, the Greeks played sports before Scotty Pippen played basketball. So, you know, it all, it all comes full circle. I'm making fun of you. <laughs> Remember that time we disagreed on how apricot was pronounced and you put up a Twitter poll and I won? <laughs> You didn't oh, win. Okay. I just, it was, <laughs> you were right that it was very British that I say, I don't even remember how I say it now, apricot. Apricot is a British way to say it. What's funny is that just now I went to the Cambridge Dictionary and it says that the U.S. pronunciation is Pythagorean, which you were using, and the U.K. pronunciation is Pythagorean, which I was using. See. Cody, we're just we're just very posh, both of us. <laughs> selectively, <That's all>. selectively <laughs> British, selectively posh. It's fine. It's all the same. And we learned that about one in ten thousand people have a rare genetic disorder where their organs are reversed. People with situs inversus can live a perfectly healthy life. They just happen to have their internal organs on the opposite side of their bodies from where they usually are. 
Yeah, and fun little behind-the-scenes look. We always say that we bring you these clips remastered. So in the original version of this clip, which we just listened back to, you can very clearly hear our old boss talking because when she was on the phone, she likes to yell and her desk was immediately on the other side of the wall adjacent to where Ashley and I sat when we were recording. And in our old office, it was a pretty thin drywall. Oh, it it wasn't just a thin drywall. There was literally a space (laughs) where they had put the wall. You could go to the outer wall and then and go to the corner of our studio and you would see like daylight coming through (laughs) where they had put the wall. It was not well constructed. No, no. It's so funny that our setups literally in closets at home are Are so much better. Sound better. (laughs) Yeah, they really do. (laughs) We've come a long way. Let's just put it that way. Anytime we rerun a story, we also link to the original episode in which it appeared in our show notes. So if you're ever curious to hear the difference, you can go back. And that's, again, any episode we've rerun a segment or episode. Yeah. Oh, it's a. this is also a good time to mention because someone on Twitter asked about it. We used to talk faster back in the day because we were so dedicated to keeping every single episode under 10 minutes. I believe that was the reason. Yeah. Or maybe we were just really excited. No, we talked really fast and I would actually use a filter called remove silence. Oh. And I would actually shorten any pauses between our phrases. So some of the old stories that you just can't, I like, I listen back and I'm like, who would listen to this? <laughs> our show's gotten a lot better. That's the best you can do, right? It's just get better. Yep. Today's writers were Steffi Drucker, Brianna Brownell, and Ruben Westmus. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. (laughs) Oh, it gave me a heart attack. (laughs) And until then, stay curious.